Hey there, fans of brotherly love wrestling. It is I, Vic Delicious. Philly's own, the Mecca here. It is the real McCoy, J.D. Axe, Justin D. Xavier. It's your man, C.D., the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old friend, R.J. City. Hey there, brotherly love wrestling. Bill Carr here. Hey everyone, this is two-time guest Wheeler Yuta. Two bozos from Philadelphia flapping their gums about pro wrestling this, pro wrestling that. Which is not that unique in the grand scheme of things yet. You are in for a treat because you're tuned in to Brotherly Love Wrestling. Philadelphia, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome everybody to Brotherly Love Wrestling, and on the show this week, we have Chris Rex joining us. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. No problem, Larry. Thank you for the invite. Uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of buzz lately and a lot of people in the inbox and just kind of weeding through what, what's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very brash, what's kind of worth it and, and not worth it at this at this time, and um you guys have been podcasts. I've actually listened to a few times. You've had a few of my friends on here. So I was like, yeah, they, they do good business. They do right by the boys. So I'm going to hop on here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, so for those who may not know, because we are not that familiar with you, obviously, in your career. And well, so just why don't you introduce yourself and um, how long you've been wrestling and all that. Um, Chris Rex, that, that's the name I go by. R-E-X. Um I've been in this game about wrestling about 10 years as far as being in the business and doing other things involved in the business about, I would say, 12 to 13 years. Uh, trained by Joel Maximo of the SAT. Um, still, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. And uh, obviously, to uh, be able to get the chance to train under him, that was something uh, huge for for me and, and my career. Um, I've wrestled for promotions like Infinite Pro Wrestling, uh, beyond wrestling, I've done ACW down in Florida. I've pretty much I've been up and down the East Coast. And, uh, yeah, just never really got that break. But I'm hoping within the next couple of years that that kind of kind of the goal is to really get the eyes on me. You know, I, with, with the experience I have and the amount of years, I'm only getting older. So, you know, that, that clock kind of kind of ticking on me. Yeah, I feel you on that one. <laughs> I, I got a question. I don't think I've ever asked anyone this, but you said uh... – he was your favorite wrestler. You got trained by one of your favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Now, is that how intimidating is that? One, and two, does the excitement kind of outweigh that? And and how? What are the feelings that that go into that? Well, I had had a few interactions with Joel before I started training with him. Um, I remember clearly being at a pro wrestling syndicate show in Yonkers, New York, and this is when the SAT had gotten a little bit bigger. And uh, they were they were trying to you know get to WWE. WWE told them to get a little bit bigger. Uh, but I seen him go for the Spanish fly, and I'm in the front row, and I'm like maybe 17, 18 years old. I'm like, God damn, you guys got fat! And like that was my one response to them. 
and I was at the after party. I ran into Joel, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I was just being an asshole. He's like, Nah, whatever, man. We know we we got big, man. But you know, he he was always cool with me, and I kind of kind of got myself in a situation where, um, like I was, you know, kind of spreading the word that you know I was trying to get him get my foot in the door and get get some matches under my belt and um never really had any like structured training i'd go training at, at ace here and there um ftw in long island I, i'd go there a few times and you know just pick up whatever i could and my cousin happened to be working with nunzio uh, as a shoot job um and he was telling him about me so next thing you know i'm sitting at home one day and i get a call on my phone and it says jay maritato and I'm like, why does that last name sound so familiar to me? And I'm sitting there just trying to think about who it is. Like, I should just get up. I get up and he introduced himself, uh, James Maritato, you know, little Guido Nunzio. And I was like, that's that's who it is. So he's calling me and he wants me to come out to New Jersey and check me out and everything, uh, you know, because my cousin had put in a word for him. So I was like, oh, shit, like, I can't just go there with the the little amount of training I have. So now I'm on kind of crunch time. I'm looking through schools on Facebook and I just see the Lutus Wrestling School, the Lutus Wrestling Center, uh, Brooklyn, New York, happened to fit right in my schedule. Um, originally, I was going to go to House of Glory, but um, communication kind of broke there between me, Red, and uh, Brian XL. So I'm just sitting there. I called a number up because I'm going to call any school I can find right now. I'm going to be shit honest with you. And I call up and here comes, hey, this is Joel Maximo, the Lutus Wrestling School. And I was just like starstruck for a second. I was like, what? Holy crap. Of all people I call, it's Joel. So, you know, he said, come down Saturday. Let me take a look at you and everything. And I, I remember watching Joel and TNA and um, MLW staying up to like two in the morning when I was living in Florida watching him. And like. I, I was just so attracted to the way SAT and Amazing Red wrestled that I was like, here's these small guys. Like, they could do it. I could fucking do this shit. You know, I was like Rey Mysterio and Hoovy, and here comes, like, the next generation of that. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I can do this then. And I went down that Saturday. We were running, like, little drills, and he asked me, you know, have you ever done this before? I said, I've, I've backyard wrestled, you know. Um, aside, uh, you know, part of doing this, you know, professionally, uh, you know, I give my I did use my gift of gab to get the bookings that I had. You know, I was able to to talk, and I got I got the spots that I had, but nothing. You know, I wouldn't consider that professional. Um, and I remember one clear time he was telling me to do a drop kick, and I had never done like a like where you turn the regular. I've always done like um the front drop kick, you know, um, and I had just done it. And he was like, yo, why'd you tell me you never did this before? I'm like, besides backyard wrestling, like, no, I have no formal training or nothing. He was like, there's no way I tell you to do a drop kick the first time. And you did it perfectly. So he had me do it again. And I just kept doing it and doing it. And from then on, like, I kind of just got taken under his wing. And I've learned pretty much everything I learned from the wrestling business uh, from, from Joel, as far as in the ring. Oh. Uh, but as far as, like, having those feelings of being starstruck, I never... Um, this is where I say it's, it's a it's a positive and a negative. I've never really been starstruck or like what they say, mark out. Um, I've never really had those moments because when you're there next to the person, you realize they're a human being. You know, there's there's something special about them. Yes. But at the end of the day, you know, they go home to their wives, they go home to their kids, you know, and 
they, you know, they have families and they do the same things I do. You know, they like to sit home, play video games. And so it's like, I never really had that, that starstruck moment like that. Um, but on, on the negative side to that is it's kind of like, because of that, I try to treat it such like a professional environment that I don't ask those questions that probably other people would be at. I try not to bother them. You know, it's like they're here to work, you know, let me let them do the work and then let, let them go home, you know. Uh, so, it, like, it, like I said, there's a positive and a, and a negative to, to those reactions to when you have people like that in the locker room and you're training with people like that. So, I mean, I do want to obviously we definitely are going to talk about Rex Fest. Well, kind of lead into that a little bit, a little bit later. Well, don't tell them our plan. This was but, supposed to be a secret. But that's it. That's knows, it. You gave away the angle. But <laughs> because you have your own podcast, we'll, we'll the Four Corners Network. Uh, we we want to talk a little current wrestling, and right. um, most most recently, um, the biggest the biggest talk in pro wrestling and pro wrestling fans was NXT going up against AEW. Um, we were actually recording our show last week, watching NXT live. And then I went back and watched AEW afterwards. Uh, what was your perception, uh, for those who may not watch your podcast, listen to your podcast, watch your podcast, uh, what, what's your take? Do you think this same night is a good thing for the companies? Do you think that they should stay on separate nights as, as at least consumption for the fans anyway? Well, as far as that one night, um, I actually did do a podcast like literally right after. I, I was watching both at the same time. I had, you know, WWE on, on one chat on one TV and I had AEW on the other. Can so I, I was trying can, to like. Can I stop you for a second? Why did you watch right. both? What like did you watch both? Because you're like, I don't want to miss you. You want to see what it it's was, like. Had it was a, it was a little bit of the fan of me saying I kind of don't want to miss any of this i don't want to hear about it the next day then have to watch it um and a little bit of from the business side of okay let me see what these two businesses now that they're on the same night competing on the same let me see what they do from a business perspective how they try to draw the fans in how you know um how the production is and pretty much try to um see who wins myself as, as a fan um and i think Competition is good for for any type of business, you know. Um, I personally don't feel AEW's at that level where they can say they are WWE's competitor yet, um, and that has nothing to do with their talent or anything like that. Um, but WWE's been around for as long as I can remember. Man, I'm 33 and I've been watching WWE since I was a baby. Um, so and if if AEW can withstand the lions in the jungle. Then yeah, sure. They 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 eventually could be um competition, but to have them both on one night, I think it did good business for both of them, you know. And I feel AEW that that was AEW's chance to kind of pull out all the stops there, you know, mm -hmm. because regardless of whether you're a WWE or AEW fan, in the day of social media, you can't if you can't scroll through Facebook, um, X, Instagram without seeing something about AEW or WWE. Um, especially if you're a fan of wrestling, you're going to see one or the other. So WWE fans are like, oh, AEW is going on the same night. I'm pretty sure they had the same mentality of, like, let's see what they're doing. Um, 
I'm sure AEW fans thought the same thing. At the end of the day, it's it's really the fans who create that that war when you think about it. Oh yeah. It's the fan it's the fans that create that that tribalism. And I and I talk extensively about that on my podcast all the time because the boys in the back are just sitting back laughing and making their fucking money. Regardless of whether who wins the ratings war, they're they're still making their money. They're still putting on the, the, the best matches that they possibly could. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I I I agree with that. I think the that's one thing. Like, and especially what we talk about on our show. Like, we there are things about AEW that we like. There are certain things, but I mean, I'm thirty six. He's thirty seven. Like, oh, one month. One month. He's thirty seven. Like, <laughs> oh, man. so you thought you would sneak that in there? You I, I tried. Fuck attention. I tried, but. Like, so we watched, you know, I mean, we watched in WCW growing up. He was a WCW fan. I was a WWF fan. So we're both sides of the fence there. But AEW does not book for guys like us. I mean, we're not in the demo. So we're not expected to love everything they do like a younger fan may. But they're, they, to their credit, there is still things that, get us invested you know i mean brian danielson obviously uh i mean he's a giant sting fan and a lifelong sting fan uh, jericho we both love like and for us obviously it's our generation the a lot of the older guys but there are some young guys that catch us too where wwe is still because they market to anybody and everybody it catches us more like i mean the the bloodline storyline alone for the past three and a half years has been, been the, the best thing they've done Ever, yeah. almost ever. Yeah, I mean, it's in the conversation for best storyline ever. It might be ever. the best thing that's been done in modern day wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Blood, that Bloodline story had made things a lot more interesting again. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll agree with you where AEW doesn't cater to the casual fan. That, that that's, yeah. that's what the business term is, the casual fan, you know. Uh, unless you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you really wouldn't pay attention to aew um and if that's aew's thing if they want to stay in that niche that that's fine for them you know but then you can't say you're going to compete with wwe because if you're going to compete with wwe now you have to bring in the casual fan i remember uh seeing some fan on x talk about how oh wwe is so promo driven everything's about trump and and they tell you the things that happened yesterday like people didn't watch that yes, they always yeah. want new viewers. They're That's always right. looking for new viewers. AEW doesn't really do that. They kind of just expect you to know what happened. If I've never seen AEW and I want to watch it this Wednesday and I just happen to turn it on, I'm like, okay, let's see this AEW thing. I have to I have to be know what the storylines because they're not really going to tell me because they're in the middle of it. And that's yeah. where I think WWE and AEW differ a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And and AEW, to your point of uh, of not caring about, not maybe not caring about, but not booking or or putting on segments for a casual fan, them bringing in a lot of the people from the indies and that are big indie names, and then making a big debut and expecting expecting the casual or just regular wrestling fans who may not watch AEW or may not be tuned into the indies. You see a guy come out and you go, uh, who who is this? Like when yeah. you see the crowd pop because they are the loyal AEW fans and or indie fans in for in general. But that but to a fan who's maybe turning on TNT or TBS on a Wednesday night, they're gonna look at that and go, Who like I know who Chris Jericho is. I, I know who he is, but who is this guy slicing his head with a 
a pizza cutter. Doing a pizza cutter. <laughs> yeah, like you know what I mean. Like we know who Nick Gage is, but like just that's the only the only thing that's like like you said with WWE, you don't have to worry it's about. It's very that. one dimensional. That's that's yeah. what it feels like to me, and that's also kind of like I talk about this too, um, where a lot of indie wrestlers they're in that moment and they're around the, those few hundred fans that may or maybe a thousand fans that know them, and it kind of starts to create this delusion that everybody just knows who you are. And then like you, you go up to a casual wrestling fan and, and, or you debut on, on um, national television and people are like, who is this guy? You know, mm-hmm. you, and you can either take offense to that, which, which is what a lot of indie guys do. And a lot of lower level guys do is they're like, Oh, you should know who I am. Or you could take that as, okay, I'm not at that level. I thought I was yet, but now I know what I have to do to get to that level. I've always been very realistic with this wrestling thing. Um, I, I was taught kind of in, in a little bit of an old school way that if you're coming into this to make money, you're in the wrong business. If you're coming, if you're not coming into this to make money, you're in the wrong business. So it's kind of like you have to have that passion for it and you have to want to make money in it, you know, um, and you can't expect anything out of it. A lot of wrestlers expect things out of the business. A lot of, a, a lot of indie wrestlers are, are coming up and they just think it's like just so easy. You know, I had somebody come into my inbox um, asking for spots and it's just the whole way they came about it was just so as if like he knew me as if we were like best friends and stuff. And it was like, there's like a whole etiquette, you know? And I even told him, I said, I can tell you haven't been in the business for a very long time because, you know, there's a certain etiquette when you're, when you're contacting a promoter um, that you don't know, you know, there's kind of steps you have to go through with that. And there's this person hitting me up out of the blue that I really don't know. I don't, I'm not familiar with, I don't know him. Maybe he expected me to just know him because he's maybe from the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania scene. But there's so many wrestlers out there. I can't keep track. Like, even as a graphic designer, um, there's so many times where promoters be like, oh, I need this guy. And I'm like, send me a picture. And they're like, oh, you don't know who he is. And I'm like, no, no disrespect. But no, I don't know who the fuck they are. So you can't expect me to just be able to just go grab a picture of them, you know? And so I think... uh, a lot of that, a lot of that has to do with the fact is you're you're in this small pond and you get used to being the big fish in the small pond. That now, when you're out there on the big stage and the big lights, you kind of expect people to know who you are. And and like like Larry said, the casual fan isn't going to know. The regular fan isn't going to know who you are. You know, you're talking about maybe a couple thousand people knowing you compared to a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I mean the the. The best, maybe the best example right now, currently, of the difference between AEW and WWE if on how they debut someone, even in a smaller fashion, say NXT. The way that they're getting ready to debut Brian Pillman or whatever, Lexus King, Lexus King is the way you do it. You build them. You build interest. You build intrigue. You build some sort of persona before the persona even gets there so the people that are watching the tv now you get a little word of mouth thing going now you get it might not be huge or substantial to the fact of where you're going to get millions of eyes on it but it's the right way to do it for someone that okay so 
I know Brian Pillman, but I didn't know we had a kid. Like, I've never seen this kid before. Like, that's the casual fan. Like, I know yeah. Brian Pillman's. I, I get all this. this is, and then you ask around, is this his real kid? And you're like, yeah, that's his real kid. And you're just, mm-hmm. so it's, it, it's kind of the way they go about it. Like, oh, yeah, here's a big debut. Okay. Like, who, like, were we supposed to watch like their matches over in Japan before they came? Like, were we supposed to do that? Give a little backstory. Yeah. Give, like, give, help me get invested. Give me some intrigue. Even some just like, like exactly. Who, that's, that's what will always make WWE successful. And I mean, it's when you think about it, that's what wrestling is all about. It's all about the story. If you're not telling any type of story, then there's nothing to in, in, invest in. You can have, you can, you can like the match. But after that match is done, what's gonna com- what's gonna compel me? What's gonna make me want to be like, okay, I have to see more of this guy or both of these guys? What what's gonna do that? The character and their story, and that's two things that WWE has always been big on building, on um, building their own characters. From a business standpoint, it's it's a it's a great thing to do because now you have these characters you own yeah. rather than you have. I know a lot of. You know, wrestling fans get mad oh they change their name yeah because they're they're, they want something that they can market and also think about it you're vince mcmahon you're triple h you know whoever the hell's in charge now um and you 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 got you know this guy coming in from the indies that may people may know from the indies you're going to get that fan base over um but now it's you you let him use his name let's say you let him use his name he builds up these achievements in wwe contracts up he leaves. Now he gets to use that name that you help pretty much market and build and become a household name. Now he gets to make money off of that name rather than what WWE does now is, okay, you're going to come in. We're going to create this character for you. We're going to create this name for you. This this is what you're going to do. You build all those same achievements. Now when you go off, it, you you can go back to using the name you built on the indies which I think is a good thing because, you know, sometimes there's characters that don't work out, you know, and now, now that's not tarnished. That's not tarnishing their name. Also, now you can't make money off of something another company did for you. Yeah. You know what? And I think the perfect example, and there's two guys that we had on our show multiple times is Alex Zane and Anthony Green. And we were giant fans of both of those great guys. Great. And like Zane, one of the most incredible athletes as far as, spots in the ring I've ever seen in my life. And then Anthony Green, it, it just the character that he built on the indies, retro AG, the I mean the Uncle Jesse of professional professional wrestling. <laughs> like it was one of the funniest things we've ever seen. And he was his character may have overstepped what he was in the ring because he was really great in the ring, but that character was larger than life. They go into NXT and obviously they change their name. You know what I mean? I I, I forget what how, what they changed their name to now AJ, because or August 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 Gray I think was Gray. was AG I think and, August Gray yeah but like but they just it, it just didn't translate you could see it, it on click, NXT yeah. no and it's not a, it's not a knock on them it's just WWE might not be for everybody obviously with well this was pre this was pre Michaels taking over this was yes. when they were in oh, limbo yeah. yeah if Anthony Green were to go back and he were in this inter- iteration yes. of NXT, I think he would succeed. I agree. I think I, I, I'll agree with that. I know AG for a while. I mean, back before he was doing the whole re- throwback gimmick and the retro gimmick, um, and to see where he's come in his career, 
And the fact that he even got to NXT is is uh and is an achievement in itself because that's something a lot of us strive to do that some of us may never get to do. Um, but I'll agree with you guys that it was the wrong time for him mm-hmm. to be in NXT. Right place, um, right like, time. That's... Like Joe said, they were in they were in limbo. You know, it was kind of between that whole um NXT 2.0 call. You know, everything's colorful and um I think bring him back now. Um, especially with the knowledge he gained from working with WWE, bring him back now, and I and I'm sure you you give him the right promos and and the right build up, fan, fans will catch on because there's a reason fans catch on in the first place, right? With the independent fans, there's a reason for that. Something clicks if you can find that one thing that clicks to that audience now, then they have them hooked. So here's how you work around the, I think, I'm just going to throw out, this might not make any sense to anybody. I'm just going to throw this out there, but here's how, if you're not going to do a video package build up, or if you're not going to build up, because you only really do that for like a special or a big person that you're trying to get over right away. If you have the right look and the right entrance music and the right, let's, I'll, I'll use the term from today, the right vibe. <laughs> Tell me if I use yeah. that right. <laughs> And you just have an upset match. That's another way to be like build intrigue to be like, okay, well, that guy was fun and then he won. Now I kind of like him. Yeah. And then you watch yes. the next week, you're like, oh, I what's think the, things what's like the... that are missing from wrestling. I yeah, think, right? you know, what happened to the in ring promo? Yeah. What just... ha- I love the in ring, Walter. Uh, and I love how Walter doesn't do promos in the ring because the ring is safe. I love that gimmick. But Walter, he does his promos. He does it in front of audience. He wants his every. He wants everybody's attention onto him. Not some studio in 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 the back that was recorded two days ago. Like, no, like I I I miss that. You know, we all grew up in, and and came up in the same era, um, of the Monday Nitro and the W and uh, Raw, where shit was done in the ring. You know, it wasn't oh a lot of prepackaged shit. It was DX came out and they got that that reaction live from the audience, and you felt that at home. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things now in um, WWE and even with AEW is you don't feel live. It doesn't over overscripted. It, it feels very overscripted. AEW, my gripe with watching AEW, and I really don't get to watch it, which is why I was able to watch it uh, last Tuesday. But I don't get to watch it often. But when I do watch it, I notice the commentary is very monotone. It's mm-hmm. not exciting. You listen to any uh, pairing of WWE commentators, whether they're just starting away, they sound live. They're like, John Cena, John Cena. <laughs> and then you get you get um, Cheetah, who, who wins the belt. And they're like, Cheetah's the new champion. And I get that sports-like feel, but it's wrestling. Like... I want to feel that moment. I want to know you guys felt that moment of her becoming the third, the three-time um, AEW Women's Champion. And um, Taz was a good announcer in, in WWE, and then AEW is kind of like, eh, it's Taz. You know, oh, it's it's Taz. We're just going to use a little bit of his expertise. And, and I feel it doesn't come off exciting enough. You want to hear the crowd, and you want to hear the commentators be just excited as the crowd. I, I did have something, but I did I don't want. Uh, okay, I, I saw the gears turning. Yeah, they're turning. I just I mean I is it because like maybe they're not that excited? <laughs> is that like still man? Listen, I'll tell you, doing the podcast, I'm sure you guys uh, have had this these moments before. 
I will have the shittiest day. I'll be like, I do not want to fucking do this shit today. The second that camera's on, I'm Chris Rex. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm in it, you know. Um so I mean, you're getting paid to fucking do commentary on on a national television show, you know. Fuck, act like you're excited to be there then, you know. Even if you're not, act like you fucking are. Yeah, I know, it, listen, if I can make a shit ton of money and not have to take a bump again in my life, throw me an AEW commentary. <laughs> I will fucking have fun. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing though. They've the majority of them have already been there, done that, and they did it at a time that was more exciting and a time that they were younger, one. Two, they understood a lot better. Like when you bring a Shivani, a JR, a Taz, uh, you just keep rallying them off. Henry, Big Show, and you put any of them in that fucking in that realm, and it's just like this isn't what like they're just there to collect a paycheck. Like exactly. they're getting paid no matter what. Like it, it just feels like that. Like yeah, man, we're here because of our name. Like we don't really have to do anything else, and that's who's running your shit. Like. You need to bring in younger guys that are going to be like, you need someone younger. Hey, then be like, here, you work your way up, become the next Michael Cole. Like a hundred percent. I think AEW now has strayed away from the original game plan. I remember that first press conference. I watched it. I bought the first uh, AEW pay-per-views. I was very invested into AEW and over time, it became, oh, this guy's released from WWE. We're going to grab him. Oh, we now it's all about big names. And it's like, what happened to the Sonny Kisses and the Joey Janellas, man? You know? Yeah, it's no. like they kind of got pushed to the side <laughs> because now AEW is becoming more popular. Now they have this more money. Let's go get Big Show. The funny thing is, is that are, are they becoming more popular? Because those first shows were doing a mill. I don't think they're... I don't think they're becoming more popular. Now, did they have a flash in the pan with CM Punk? Yes, big oh, time. Jesus. I, I think, think CM Punk just totally killed their business. Killed maybe. Their business. I think... I think. Well, with what he did, he killed their yeah, business. You mean, exactly. Yeah, him coming in, I mean... It was, just, was good. Yeah, yeah. the numbers alone, it can. It, no one can argue the numbers that he would bring when he would when he would be booked or when he came back so but yes from what he did from the brawl out incident to what he just did with jungle boy and all that like that yes i think that hurt and they're still now edge edge is not the cm punk draw is he i mean look he's a hall of famer edge is one of the greatest of all time when it comes to he's a 12 or 13 times yeah like there's no understating how great edge is or adam copeland whatever but corner. you're not what corner. Yeah. He's not edging. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what? Like he is not drawing that million dollar house or that, that million fans with all due respect to him, but he's just not, it's the numbers is clear. I mean, his debut on dynamite, their four year anniversary, they still didn't bring in the ratings that NXT brought the night before. Now look, everyone loves to talk about ratings, and it's the it's the hot topic no matter what when it comes to these two NXT and AEW. But it, it just numbers talk. It's very easy. It's an easy thing to look at and an easy thing to judge and go by. People were really excited when AEW was beating out NXT, but then 
When it flipped, people weren't as excited. They didn't bring up the ratings as much. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Then all of a sudden, the ratings don't, don't matter as much to AEW fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, aside from aside from the ratings, it's just with that and them doing that business, and even going back to kind of the announcer stuff. Like the only one I will give credit to is Excalibur. I think he's phenomenal. Like, and he tries. Maybe, he tries. Yeah, maybe because he I is a like part he, of the younger indie generation. I feel like he's just trying to round up everyone as he's commentating. He he's like, oh, wait. Yeah, I, have I was to just com- going to say that. It's I like have to commentate to be... on this. I have to explain this to JR because he's, he don't have a fucking clue where the fuck he's even at. <laughs> Taz is struggling. I love hearing here. JR pronounce Japanese names. That is, <laughs> that is my favorite part. The funny thing is, is that he had to do that with New Japan. Like, he was, he had the Axis. He was on Axis. He yeah. Was the, yeah. He was the, <laughs> yeah. He was like, you had practice, dude. I I think it, it, a lot in a lot of it uh, has to do with Tony Khan. I feel Tony Khan is not a promoter. He's not. Um, he's an he owner. Is he's he's he, yes he he's he's the money. That, yeah. That's how I see him. He's he's the money mark. Um, and he's he's the kid that. You know, and that now he he gets to book real life action figures. You yeah. know, he's got real life action for all these toys he can play with, and you know he wants to hug them and be friends with them all and go out <laughs> partying with them all. And uh, that's not that's not how you how you do business. You know, um, you you can't be the guy that everyone walks over. When CM Punk pulled that first stunt with um All Out, um, and they didn't cut him off at all. Like if I was Tony Khan, I would have done cut him off. Uh, three you minutes sat before next his to him. You sat next <laughs> to him and just listened. Let it happen as yeah. he berated your VPs. He be, he berated your entire business right in front MJF, of you. MJF, the shit yeah. MJF fucking says, and he looks at him like, and it's like, bro, you do, do you not have any authority in your company to be like, no, cut his mic? That no, no. You think that shit would go on with Vince? Say what you want about Vince, but you think any of that shit would have ever. Vince, on a, a Vince press conference. Vince wasn't trying to be their best friend. Yeah, that, that's Vince clear. We everyone knows that. You joined Vince, that. Vince gained it. respect for and became. I don't even know if you call it friends, but like really strong acquaintances with only a few. You got yep. Taker, Jericho. Um, you got well Hunter's family now. Well, now, but yeah, I mean, I think you can look at HBK. You can look. Yeah. Jericho is probably another good one. Rock, obviously, Austin, obviously, like the and but again, those names that we're naming are greats all time. It's yeah, not like he's yeah. just, ah, here's but a think about Carter. the names that you're naming have all done great business for WWE, so of course, those are going to be the guys you, yeah, you but know, that's the you thing though, like you're not, you're not going to see him go like that. That's where that's where the I mean. He's probably even Hogan. He's probably not even like that close with Hogan because Hogan fucking fucked him over in one of the biggest times of all uh, of all of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, but Vince has that authority about him, and it's now it's the point you wouldn't even think about doing that shit because you're gonna you lose even, your job. It wouldn't be a thought. He's exactly. gonna he's gonna bury you. Like yeah. you don't know who's gonna bury someone. <laughs> Vince is gonna bury you, and he'll exactly. make fucking he'll like he he'll have fun with that shit too. You'll be what, what I find funny about the CM Punk thing. Here's what I found funny about the CM Punk thing. The first incident, he locked himself in the locker room. That whole thing went on. All right. With with this incident, you know, with the Jungle Boy thing. Yeah, of course, he went after Jungle Boy, right? Um, Did he pull any of that when he was in UFC? No. 
Absolutely not. Because he would get his ass fucking whooped. Exactly. He already did in the he did in the octagon. I mean, this whole narrative that that Dana White would have fucked him up. (laughs) This whole narrative that fans are spinning about CM Punk kind of being a victim. He's not. He he chooses who to fuck with. He knows who he can and who he can't. He and I I think. He's very delusional. As, as a person, he's very delusional. I think he needs to stay away from wrestling for so, for, for another fucking seven to thirteen years. I don't know. <laughs> well, Whatever I mean, it's a, I think at that point it's a it's a little a moot point. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's not. So at that point, no. Here's the thing. I think I I have a theory, and I've told I've talked about this theory on one of our shows about CM Punk. Do I think he's an asshole? Yes, I will say that this time around. Coming back, I still think he's an asshole, but I think he's an asshole with somewhat of a plan. I think he's got a a, a who's who or a bucket list, quote unquote, of people he wants to wrestle and then be done and hang it up on his own terms and kind of like, because he's an ego guy. He doesn't have a legacy. His legacy was I quit. I took my ball and I went home. That was his legacy. He's an ego guy who loves being this. If he can go out in some sort of weird fashion on his own terms where he just, he wrestled the people in AEW that he wanted to, like he wanted to get a taste of that old talent, but I think he wants to ultimately end everything in WWE and continue that bucket list with people that he hasn't wrestled and even do like a WrestleMania. Now that they do two nights, he can main event a first night of WrestleMania. See, I, if I was, if I was WWE, if I was Triple H, I honestly wouldn't, wouldn't touch him. I, I I wouldn't because of the fact is yeah, but that like that, you, that you, first you, you've proven be... you've proven three times yes. okay you're not that wrong. you are you can't you can't work with people you know what I mean and any type of criticism it, it is taken like so strongly and in this type of business I'm sorry like I I was taught you have to have fucking you have to have you know that extra thick skin you know you have to be able to take criticism. And yeah, it seems like CM Punk has forgotten all of that. Is that that this this business is a hundred percent a popularity contest, and you do have to work with people. You can't just be fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Um, if someone doesn't want to take your advice, they don't want to fucking take your advice. You know, if 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 someone doesn't like your idea, they don't like your idea. You're not the end all be all of fucking wrestling. And in his mind. He's a fucking god. He's a savior of fucking wrestling, and you you have your you have your fucking issues. You're not flaw. You're not flawless, you know. And to try to use this as kind of a catapult to finish off your career, I think is a fucking selfish thing to do. I'm not gonna say that it's not. I'm not gonna disagree with you on this one, but i think you're talking about business and you're talking about money and you're talking about making money hunter may not like the idea he might hate the idea but what it's going to generate for however because they're not stupid in a in the in the paperwork aspect whereas tony khan here's the book here's the book here's the book here's, here's my <laughs> here's my checkbook too you want the whole roster go ahead you want everything you, you want your own show? I you have be, your own show. Yeah, you want to have your own show? Yeah, exactly. I, just, just like me. Just like me. <laughs> Where WWE will differ is they will have in contract how many matches start to finish planned out because I think there will be a plan. There will be an end-all, be-all where it will be airtight to where 
in this contract, if you fuck up, you are gone. If something happens, you are gone. This is not a AEW deal where you can have whatever you want. This is what you want. Well, you know what? You come in with what you want. We'll say yes or no. I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you because CM Punk is the type of person who doesn't like corporate structure, but needs it. It's been proven. You know, you give him freedom and it goes balls to the wall. He's someone that needs to be contained. His promos need to be contained. You know, his, his, um, what he says outside of the company needs to be contained, you know? And I think WWE, as much as he may hate the corporate structure of it, he needs it. He needs, he needs that institution. I agree. I agree with that as far as needing it. But I think after everything with AEW, I think he realized he needs it. I think that's the one, one theory since Joe was throwing out a theory. I'll tell you mine is that I feel like he got there and looked around, and that's why I think like the brawl out thing happened was because he looked around and went, "What the hell is going on around here?" I mean, he goes from a WWE to a UFC to machines in their respective sport. Sport, if you want yeah. to call it. I mean, UFC is a sport, but it, yeah, sport it, and sport entertainment yeah. are the same thing. Yeah. It still has sport in it. So, like in their respect, there are giant machines that you don't you don't mess with. You, you just don't. So, I think he got to AEW and looked how it was being run by guys like the Bucks and, and uh, Kenny Omega and, of course, Tony Khan, and was like, "This, this is I can I literally can do whatever. Like, this is it. This is what I mean, like that's the thing. I feel like he got there and was like." This is not what I thought it was going to be, but fuck it, I'll take advantage of it anyway. And but when then looking at WWE, going, you know what? They might have their faults, but at least I know they're going to do the right business. They're going to do right by me, and they they have have a structure. They have this thing called WrestleMania, where the most eyes will be on you. The Super Bowl of pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. They have this thing of where he went there, he drew what he could. But it still wasn't enough to feed the ego. Yeah. Now you're talking about millions and millions around the world and eighty thousand in a building. Like that's yeah. That's I mean that that for he would definitely have to humble himself. I I would say that to 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 get there. Yeah. But like you said, from a business perspective, shit, he's still he's still got a name value. Uh he shows up randomly at, at fucking Royal Rumble or what everyone thinking right now, Survivor series, you know. All right, yeah, that that's gonna gen- generate some numbers. That's definitely gonna be a kick in the ass to AEW. But as long as he stays within the lines of of, of the corp of the corporation, I, I hate I hate saying that. <laughs> 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 you gotta stay. You gotta stay in in in, in the lines of, of corporate. You know, and I feel him. He's a he's a rebel. You know, I'm the same way. I I worked for a corporate company. You know. Uh, my previous job, I was working for a corporate company, and I was just like, "Nah, like this isn't the way. Like things, this isn't how you treat people. Like, nah, this is, you know, you you rock the boat a little bit too much, you end up on your ass." And you know, I, I rocked the boat a little bit too much, you know. Um, but for someone like CM Punk, who is like I said, as much as he doesn't want that structure, he needs it, and it will. Like I said, it, like you said, it was AEW is like a madhouse. The 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 you know, all the animals are running are running the zoo, you know, and the the, the zookeeper is just like, yeah, whatever, they're my friends. You not know? only um, not not only that, but you put 
I mean, I get it. You're able to sell merch at AEW, and you probably did okay. I wouldn't say he did ever his best numbers, but you bring CM Punk shirts back to WWE, your numbers skyrocket. Oh, he's going to be in top five. Skyrocket. Yeah, absolutely. The first time the CM Punk shirt comes out on WWE, it will top LA Knights. I I will put I will put that. Yeah, I know you're grinning or you're doing whatever you're doing with your face. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. LA Knight no, is like one, definitely. Two, it'd be and big three. business for yeah, both parts. It will it'd be absolutely big business. Yeah, me as as a person, just um from what I've seen of CM Punk and have heard of CM Punk, I'm I'm just not a fan of him. Um, I used to be. I used to be a huge fan. Back in 2010, 2011, I was a huge fan. When he, of CM when Punk. he was, when he was, when he was touting, he was the best in the world, meaning the best wrestler in the world. But no, he was the best in the world because he can talk you into an arena. That's when he was the best yep. in the world. When he could mm-hmm. actually, no matter what, you hung on every single one of his words. And we just recently talked about this. Mm-hmm. I think it was on the show, or maybe we were just bullshitting. But like he. That's when he was at its best. Like I didn't really even care about his in-ring work. When he was mm. when he was that the best in the world, CM Punk, I wanted to hear what he had to say every single fucking week. And I and I hated him. I did he wanted me to hate him, so I hated him. And that was like <laughs> one of the last times I generated feelings of like actual like genuine heel hate. <laughs> which is funny, which is probably what I need. I need someone to hate. Yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. Because you don't I think, hate, I think MJF is the best heel. Well, was the best heel in the was. Business, you know? I think yeah. Christian, um, though, you got to give it to Christian. Christian, oh, he's, always, he's doing his thing right now. Christian, I will always love though. But I, the funny thing is, is that as serious as I want to take him, and I do, but I just know it's Christian. I know, yeah. like, I know his, I know his character <laughs> before all of this, like yeah. serious yeah. work. Like, it's kind of hard to take it serious. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like I heard him on the podcast. Like I've, like, have seen him in chicken outfits playing fucking kazoos, <laughs> doing a five second pose. I mean, and it was that was amazing. I'm not taking anything away from that. That's some of my favorite shit. It just makes it harder for me to. I mean, I don't know. I believe I think it. Yeah, <laughs> the investment uh, that got me. I loved what they did. On that debut episode of Dynamite, and you have Edge pleading with him, "Let's run this back. Let's, let's yeah, go." Yeah, I'll give you that. And I'll, then he I'll gets give gives finally gets the hug, and in his ear, says, "Go fuck yourself," with such conviction and believability and vile in it that it was just like, "Holy shit!" Like that. But think about it: the people in AEW telling the best stories are these older guys from WWE. Yes. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I completely. I mean, look, Mox, yeah, Danielson, Jer- Jericho. Mm-hmm. When when he wants to, when he has that, like the yeah. Don Callis, Don Callis stuff was great, leading all the way up. Um, now he's that in between. Kind of don't know what he's doing, but with that but stuff and everything before, Jericho's got the ability to. Oh yeah, he yeah. could get. He could. You don't know. He's like he's like the biggest walkboard. He could get something over. Like it, no like, one yeah. in history. Like yes. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's his. It's like without trying, he could. Just he's he's or on accident. You know his law, his gift of the fucking the armbar list. Yeah, yeah. The exactly. list of a thousand and four holds. Yeah, like <laughs> his gimmick list is that long. I agree. Like yeah, he could get the things he could get over has gotten over is that list. Mm-hmm. It's fucking his and his. It's the list of Jared. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm starting to think 
the switch with AEW when it went from this whole we're pretty much going to be the big indie to what it is now was when they realized oh shit we're a TV product not a wrestling company. I uh, see now uh, this is the only uh, might only disagree with you once this whole show and this is probably it. I, I've said this to Joe multiple times on the show. Did I disagree with you? No, you agreed with me. Damn it. <laughs> is that the switch happened when Cody Rhodes left? Oh, okay. Because oh, yeah. the mindset oh, yeah. of Cody Rhodes was let's change the world. Let's be, com- we are the complete opposite. We're going to do things our way, go this way. That's when, that's why Janela was there and Sonny Kiss was there and Orange Cassidy was there. That's why, it was because he wanted to be completely different, the alternative. And then mm-hmm. when he leaves, and I actually, it was probably a little bit before that, and that's why he saw the writing on the wall, was because of all these people. Because like you said, that press conference, we're not going to bring in all these former guys that get cut. We're not bringing in old WWE guys like TNA and WCW did. And then they did it. And I think Cody looks around and goes, this is exact opposite of what we said we were going to do. So Cody's like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to win the title. My dad never could. I'm going to go main event mania and I'm going to make more money. And so, and, and I'll be better off for it. But Cody never really had, he, anytime he was ever asked about it, he never had ill will. No. He had ill will. That's what himself. I was going to say. Yeah. He, he hated himself. Like yeah. he was in a bad spot. So I honestly think that there had to have been something. I mean, EVP, a man that helped start the company, there had to have been some conversation goes south it can't be all you know he, sunshine and butterflies like everyone's making it seem like oh we just decided to just put it never happens like that it never no. does there had to have been cody, something cody saw the that, opportunity and he took it it's an opportunity right? of a lifetime not only that but they took his package and they fucking blew it the fuck up to level 11 with his entrance and shit like like they made him like amazingly fucking what they did was they bought into what he had already built he created went, in that meeting in that meeting they said we don't want to change you we don't we want what you have already yeah you That's left like you, straight up they they bought into him you left and we didn't know what to do with you you're back and now like you you've done like he, he created did. an opportunity he did he it himself an opportunity. Like, you know what's funny is that he saw well actually Kevin Owens reached out and because Cody left as he was coming in and he reached out to the Bucks and said, look after him, look after Cody. Cause Kevin Owens was a huge dusty Rhodes fan. I mean, you got Cody Rhodes. So Cody got latched on to the right fire at the right in time the, in yeah, the scene, yeah. which was the young Bucks. Yeah. Kenny Omega main event in the other company, the fucking, the Tokyo dome. Yeah, and yeah. Fucking no, just... Cody really did something that a lot of people couldn't like. He wrestled for every indie, like yeah. ev- almost every indie I can think of. He he was there, whether it was small or big. He was there, build building that natural connection, not yeah. just that social media, that that one on one connection with, with with these fans, with these promoters, and that was that that still is very unique. You you don't you're not gonna see somebody do what what Cody did. He had, and the thing is, he had a plan. He knew who he wanted to wrestle. He knew how he was going to get it done, and and he did it. And it, you know, he wound up starting AEW. Um, and now look at him. Now he's 
the hottest thing in WWE. I have to say, next to LA Knight, Cody Rhodes is the hottest thing in, in WWE right now. Yeah, he uh he came in hot against Seth and he didn't really he didn't really fizzle. Like I didn't yeah. know how to if I expected Cody to fizzle or not, but he he didn't. Like he pretty much took this opportunity and fucking and ran with it. But you're right, he did it the he did it the right way. He he had a plan. I think he always knew he wanted to be back where he left. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like he ever said like I said, he's not it's he's never said other like elsewise. Mm-hmm. He's never yeah. said that he would never go back. He just he knew who he wasn't, and I think well, that's the of, dream, man. He like yeah. no pun intended. That that's that's the dream. Is it's, I and I still think I still think it at heart. It's every every wrestler's dream to be in WWE and, and wrestle on WrestleMania, whether it's the main event or the opening card. Just to like, be there. It's just to be. You know that's that's the dream. Even if you ask an indie wrestler, like, oh, I don't want to go to WWE. I guarantee if they threw a fucking contract in front of you, all right, you, you, you you're you going, man. You're fucking I mean, going. Because I would. I look, would. At, look at a guy like Matt Cardona, uh, Zach yeah. Ryder. Like, he knows where it's at. He knows where mm-hmm. the place that, like, he's basically just buying time and trying to create more buzz he's about him. He's doing the same thing Cody he's, did. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he knew, well, th- I mean, he's friends with him. I mean, he should. Yeah. I mean, they probably talk once in a while. Like, it's not, it's not, you like, you know, you had a name, you know, you were over, like, just, and you know, you can bring value, but he's, and we'll mention this word again, business. He knows how the business operates. Like, he knows he's going to create, the only mm-hmm. way to create money for himself is to create money elsewhere because if people are going to watch him and the product, then that means you're going to get more eyes eventually generated on yourself. Like, you bring the eyes, the product's good, you back the product, they watch the product, it's a fucking win-win for, yeah. for all parties. For everybody, yeah. But he knows in the back of his mind if anyone if if, if that phone were to ever ring from WWE, of course he's gonna fucking go back. It's the place that like he did the mania thing. He won a title on the biggest stage of all time in front of his family, in front of his dad. He he got to live the dream. And what's his name? Yeah, he and created one, his name in WWE. Yeah, and once you live that, I don't. I think that's one of those highs. Like, and I can't. I, I obviously I can't speak on it, but I feel like that's one of those highs that you have to have again. Like you chase that. Yeah, because I mean, you're. I can imagine that because you're you're on the biggest stage there is in your in your profession in your industry. You you reach Shit. the mountaintop. You, you, and you so- always want that. You want that. You want. You always want that feeling. So, you know, to sit there and be like, all right, Cody Rhodes came back. You know what I mean? Um, all right, let's see what I can do. If I build myself up the same way Cody Rhodes did, it's going to get their attention. Once their attention's on me, they're going to keep watching me. Eventually, that phone's going to ring and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there and, and I'm going to I'm, I'm going to feel that high again. I'm going to be on the mountaintop again. McIntyre nobody, is another one. nobody ever wants to stay on the indies forever. Nobody yeah. does. Yeah, I mean, look, McIntyre was the chosen one. You know what I mean? Did yeah. did, did the three man, off. the three man band fell off? Went re reconstructed himself, became got that little bit of swagger. You know what I mean? And became who he should have been. He became a fucking monster. And then look, yeah. came back and yeah, granted, it was it wasn't in front of people, but that's nothing that he could control. But I mean, he was the guy. If you look back at the pandemic in WWE, he carried WWE through that and did it well. I mean, so yeah, it obviously they've done it before. They know that look, go out, 
make yourself bigger, find yourself, come back to us, a money maker, and let's everyone make money. Exactly, that's the whole thing. Go, go, give us a reason. Yeah. To to hire you, go yeah. give us a reason that you need to be here. Yeah. And and I think I think that's I don't think that's degrading. I think that's probably the most helpful thing that anyone WWE could say to a release superstar. Yeah. Go show us that we were wrong. And then Absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll gladly take you back. All right. So we had a theme of tonight. I think it's business. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's speak on, <laughs> on, on your business. Now you're, Man. we got, we got a WrestleMania weekend or week or however yeah. long you want to consider this could, and it's Phil, it's Philadelphia. It could be a wrestling month. We don't know. We, we don't know. I'd be all right with that. Yeah, I, honestly, I would be too. Just put, put it right in my backyard. That's right. I don't give a fuck. But you got a, a big weekend coming up. You're trying to do something that Larry had said, and I'm going to steal it because it was very good. It feels like Wayne Stock. <laughs> as, soon yes. as, you t- as soon as you told me that, and I, or I saw the press release, which is why that you came onto my radar, and I saw the press release, and obviously Rex Fest for those who don't know or don't follow you is going to be a what you called a or compared to a Woodstock of pro wrestling music podcast five different promotions uh and it did feel like Wayne Stock it's if you build it it you know if you build it that's one of my favorite movies so I I take that as a fucking compliment because absolutely no it really even the planning of it feels so means like it's like <laughs> going through the actual planning of Rexfest. Um, but I've always had this idea. Um, ever since I've you know been in the business of like, what if there was just like this this huge event, you know, like a like a festival, yeah, exactly like a festival, and then you start seeing GCW doing it every week at every uh, every year at WrestleMania. You see more than Mania and WrestleCon and all these other ones doing it. And, you know, it was enjoyable at the same time. I'm looking into the details of it and I'm like, well, I kind of, I don't want to see the same talent that whole week. Like, why do I want to see the same talent just on different shows and what variety am I really getting? And I'm not knocking any company, but I started thinking of what if, what if we had like, like I said, a Woodstock of, of pro wrestling. And it just got me thinking like, Philadelphia. I just recently I moved to Pennsylvania about three, four years ago from New York. Yeah. Um, and I was living in Toby Hanna. Now I'm in East Stroudsburg. But I was like, WrestleMania, I wanted I, I've been to WrestleMania in Tampa uh, a couple years ago when they were in Tampa. The first one where they allowed fans. Mm-hmm. I was there. Just that whole feeling and that whole I went to a bunch of different indie shows. I went to Bloodsport. Um, and I was just that feeling of of WrestleMania. Like you just want to watch wrestling, you can't get enough of it. And I started thinking, I want to go to WrestleMania again this year. And then I was like, no, I don't. I want to do my own WrestleMania. Like, I want to do something that's not really competing with anybody. Um, Everyone says the word the alternative. I say this is going to be the alternative to the alternative. Um, Going to have five, five, like you said, five wrestling promotions from different parts of the United States. Uh, We have a promotion from Maine coming in. Um, we have promotions from New Jersey, New York coming in. I'm working on a, on a, on a few more from throughout the United States, like West Virginia. And I want to take all these styles and all these different wrestlers that you may or may not have heard of, um, and you may not have seen. Um, but it's going to be this this 
chili, this this mix of all different spices and flavors of pro wrestling. And my one rule that I actually do have in a contract because I am not I'm not doing anything on the, on Rexfest as a handshake deal. I am doing things strictly business wise. Everything's con- from talent contracts to is strictly business. Um, in in one of the contracts, I do have that I do not want any promotion sharing talent. No sharing talent. So if you see one person on one card, you're in, that's the only time you're going to see him wrestle throughout the day. You know, so it's it's kind of like, all right, you have to be there to see it. There's there's definitely going to be some surprises in store. Um, uh, it's Philly, you know, uh, WrestleMania. Philly's also known for ECW, you yeah. know. So I- I'm just going to say, you never know what can happen at Rexfest. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, but it's me. Personally, it's taking 10 years of of knowledge, over a decade of knowledge that I have, and kind of putting this to use, like, kind of like a graduation, like, here's everything I've learned right and wrong from the business. And this, this is how I feel you could do it right. You can work with people and make money with people without it being a, a competition, or without people, you know, whether it's haters and and or or just being money grubbers no like everything about Ruxfest, like the promoters that we're all splitting everything like it, it's not just about making money for Ruxfest. it's not just about Ruxfest. it's about all of these promotions who are willing to take their talent and travel who are willing to put on the best show possible okay for wrestling fans during one of the biggest weeks in wrestling because we know WWE does things throughout the whole week. They have their fan accesses. They have two nights of WrestleMania. You know, GCW does their two or three days. Um, you know, uh, uh, other promotions, another promotion that's going to be coming out um, during that week. And it's like, did there's it never seems to be enough. And if you can add to that style and say, hey, you're not just getting wrestling for your ticket price. All right, you're going to see musical acts. Um, I have a rapper locked down. I'm working on two EDM DJs. Um, I, I'm working on getting a rock band to come to come in and play um podcasts, which you guys are more more than welcome to take part. I could talk to you guys after after the podcast about that, but I'd love to have you guys, especially being involved with Philly. You know, um, that's that's a huge we'll thing. Bring I want to work. Steaks. <laughs> the cheese, oh my god, bro! Oh, I've been dying for them. <laughs> Well, like, when we're like, down there, if we're broadcasting, I will fucking pound a full cheesesteak mid-broadcast. <laughs> Man, that seems so, like, like a lot I of work. To, <laughs> I'll I want to myself. work with com- the community in Philly. Um, you know, I want to get sponsorships out in Philly and not just make this about, oh, we're coming into Philly and we're just going to run a show and leave. No, I want to work with the community. I want to I want to be something that, that the community wants so that if I do decide to do a Rex Fest, you know, and and it's not WrestleMania, Philly would be more than inviting. Philly could be a second home to to Rex Fest or a first home to Rex Fest, and which it'll always be the first home because I know this event's going to be a success. And Philly, and it's going to be because of because of Philly. Um, it's going to be because of the people in Philly that I have partnering up with us. Um, and the sponsors. Um, obviously the venue is going to be in Philly. Um, it's going to be talent. From Philly, I, I can tell you 100% that are going to be taking part in this. It's it's probably going to be the biggest thing I've ever done with my career. And I can, I want to wake up April 5th and say, God damn, what are we doing next year? 
Like that's <laughs> that that's that's how I, I I want you know to wake up feeling. I, it's a huge risk, you know. I know it's a huge risk going in. A lot of people's money at stake. I'll, I'll be honest, you know, friends, family, uh, money money is at stake, and usually to the normal person that would be fearful. But for me, it's I've always kind of driven myself on on that the things that would most people would fear is oh. It's, it's a risk. It's a lot of money involved. Fuck yeah. Like, I get hard off of challenges, bro. Like, that's my high. Throw a challenge in front of me and watch me get through it. Because that, that that's what I live for with wrestling. I started wrestling. I was 140 pounds, you know. Um, And you got all the doubters in the world. And here I am 10 years later. Shit. I, I got through that hurdle. I, I, I can get through fucking anything. And... This challenge for me of, of doing Rex Fest is probably the most exciting thing to me go, going on right now. So do we have you have a venue yet? Do you have an area that you're looking at? Um, we are looking at three venues right now that I'm debating between. Okay. Just trying to see, you know, as far as production and everything wise, because I do have um, a crew that is involved with television and film coming in for the production and because it's going to be live streamed. And I've always been the type of person, quality over quantity. And I want this to be quality. I want this to be quality. Yes, it's going to be a one-day show compared to everyone else who may be doing three days, four days, whatever. But when you watch our event, I want you to see the difference between, you know, these people who have been doing this for years and this guy Rex and his team who, who are just doing this for the first time. And this this is what they expected out of themselves. So there's things that counter into looking for a venue that I'm I'm in talks with three of them. I want the best location. Honestly, I'm trying to be by the stadium. To be okay. Honest, which which a lot of people would be like, oh no, you want to stay away from that? Fuck no, I want to. I want to be around there. I want to be around the hotels. I want to be around the stadium because you gotta why? get that that's, feeling. That's traffic. You got yeah. You gotta get that feeling that you gotta be in the shadows of of mania. That I, I yeah. agree. I like the that. Shadows of mania. Like someone, right. someone had told me, "Why don't you go for the ECW arena?" That's probably. And I, mean, I said, I said, for nostalgia, all that that would be great. Budget wise, no, that would not be suitable budget wise, okay. and it's out of the realm of where I'm trying to go. I'm not trying to. Uh, uh, be the ECW reunion. I'm not trying to. No, that's not what the. I I want to be in the middle of WrestleMania. You know, I want I want fucking WWE to be like, oh shit, there's some fucking brinky dink fucking festival going <laughs> on over here. You know, yeah. And then turn out to be probably one of the fucking biggest things in independent wrestling. You know, uh. So the the venue will be released. I'll have. Uh, a confirmation within probably the next two to three weeks. Okay. Um, which I'm the reason why I'm, I've been planning this for about three months already. So okay. the fact that like now everything's coming out, but over the last three months, everything has been planned to where I, I, a lot of people saying, Oh, you well, you're doing this really early. It's fucking October. Your show's not till April. You need to, you need to. I see it like this. That's six to seven months of fucking advertising I could do. Six to seven months of advertising, more advertising time equals more ticket sales, more ticket sales equals more fucking fans and more money. You right. know, like, why, why not business in hell? Yeah. If right now, I think we are the only, like, independent wrestling company announced for that week already because everyone's waiting till November, December. Yeah. Fuck that. I want to jump on the ball. I want to be the first one announced. 
So even if it's three weeks before anybody else announces, I still got three weeks of advertising, three weeks of buzz ahead of them. You know, and eventually talent's going to be announced. The promotions um, are, are going to be announced. Um, and right now, out of the five promotions, I have locked down three of them. Um, there's still two more that, that are currently looking at the contracts. Um, and yeah, man, like I said, this is this is like my grand opus, man. This is I'm putting everything online, all my connections, any like any promoters that I've worked with in the past, like business relationships. I'm willing to put all of that on the line for this because I know if I if I'm willing to put all of that on the line, then I mean it there's no way this shit can fail. If I'm taking the last three months to fucking plan this out, get money up and all, and all that other shit that goes into planning an event of the, of this caliber. Um, and then just now announcing it just to start that little buzz around. Uh, by the, by the time we get heavy into December, January, the people are going to be invested. You know, yeah. um, I do plan on buying commercial ads, you know, um, during Raw and SmackDown. Um, it's again, that's a little penny, but that little penny is now going across everyone in pretty much in the state of Pennsylvania watching raw, watching SmackDown. All right. That's I'm, I'm willing to do that, you know? So it's, it's, it's going to be probably bigger than, than I thought. My original plan was this was just going to be five wrestling shows. That's it. Five wrestling shows. And then I was like, no, it can't be this. I can't call it festival. And it's wrestling shows. So I said, Ooh, we gotta have music in there. So I started fucking looking up bands and shit. Um, and then I was like, you know, I'm so involved with the podcast community now. I want to get them involved because a lot of these podcasters that I have coming in, they they've been supportive of me from the beginning of my career. You know, and it's also that's what Rex Fest is also about, is I'm not wrestling on any of these cards. Like this isn't about me wrestling and putting myself over. This is about me giving back to everyone who has supported me, everyone who throughout my career, even if I may have at times forgotten about them, they've never forgotten about me. And this is my, this is my appreciation. This is my giving back to the fans. This is my giving back to pro wrestling. Well, look, I mean, Philly loves an underdog. So you, what we looked at as an underdog, people see this name and they're going to go Rex Fest. Like what you're going to be looked at as an underdog. And I'm sure you know that you're not blind to that fact. I live off that man. (laughs) That's that's one thing that, that, like I said, we love that too. This intrigues me, which obviously, like I said, was why we reached out and why we wanted to get more information because we love stuff like this and we love the Indies as well. And actually uh, we're going to Mania. We'll be at night two, but we went to 35 and we didn't get to do the indie thing. And that was one thing we always said is if Philly gets Mania again, we get the indies. We we get we get a drive. We get a, a half hour drive and we can go whatever indie we want. So something like this really intrigues us because this is what we wanted to do. Yeah, if we couldn't get Mania tickets, then guess what? We were going to double down on the indies because that yeah. just it's more money to spend to, to support local talent and independent talent and help them out, and also ourselves, obviously, selfishly be entertained and be able to watch. <laughs> How be able dare to watch us want to be entertained? Oh, 
And I think that's the whole thing with with how WrestleMania isn't just WrestleMania anymore. You know, no matter where they go, if they go to fucking Detroit, now independent wrestling is coming to Detroit that they they've never seen before. You yeah. know, and and it gives them the same feeling that you have right now. Like it's in our city. This is our city now. Like we now we can be part of that spectacle now. Yes, and yeah. now we can be obnoxious. <laughs> I've always I it's as a wrestler, it was always my goal to wrestle on one of these WrestleMania cards, like when WrestleMania weekend cards. And I, I never got the opportunity to do that. So now that I'm able to give others the opportunity who have always wanted to do that and get a bigger spotlight, because no matter who's running uh, um that week, there's definitely a spotlight, a bigger spotlight on that because of the week that it is. It's fucking WrestleMania. It's the most profitable week in pro wrestling. Every city, By man. Far. Every city that has it, it's just the records that they break on just bringing money into the cities that they are in alone is astronomical. I know every year after Mania, they put out like a month later how much, you know what I mean, the money the city made and stuff like that. It, it helps their local economy. You know what I mean? It helps everything. So like, I, it's smart. It, it's ambitious. It's great. Like, it's great for wrestling. It's great for the city. We cannot wait. We can't wait for more details. So right now, the date, April 4th, Thursday before yeah. WrestleMania. Obviously, yeah. a lot of stuff still to be determined as far as the public knowing. Yeah, well, and- the, the only reason I'm not releasing too much information is because, you know, there are legalities behind it and there there are contracts involved. So I can't sit here and tell you, oh, this promotion's definitely going to be involved, you know, when there, there was still negotiations to do you know there's still things that are going on you know legally that you know i, I wish i could sit here and tell you every promotion that, that that's part of it i wish i could sit here and 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 just you know throw everything at you guys but um because i'm trying to do things in a way the unconventional indie way you know uh, because i'm trying to do things on more of a business level uh i i want to kind of take my time and do this the right way and not get caught up, you know, and not advertise something that I can't come through on. And that that's my big thing with this is not advertising something that I, I can't come through and not promising something that I can't fulfill. No, I, get me, it. I, I feel like I'm, I, 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 I'm a man of my word always have. And I've been honest with myself, you know, I've been an open book. I'll tell you my faults and I'll tell you my strengths. I've always been someone that my word is everything. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, you know, and uh, I'll do whatever I have to, you know, whether I have to take an L in order just to just to get that done, then I'm going to do that, you know, and having that drive going into RexFest, I think, is what's going to help. And I have a whole team that that has the same drive behind me. You know, it's not just me doing this. I have a whole team behind me. Um, a lot, a lot of people I came up in the business with. You know, Joel Maximo. He he's someone that's that's going that's heavily involved with with Rexfest. And we have that drive of fuck it. No, we're we're going to do this. You know, there there is no. And that was kind of uh, another way of like I I've kind of prematurely announced it, and. But that put me in, I'm in it now. It has to happen. Mm-hmm. It has to happen. Because I just announced it. Now it has to happen. Yeah. Now there is no backing out. There is no running away from it. It, it It's fucking happening now. And yeah, man, I, I'm I'm happy to be, be in Philly. I'll be happy to, you know, support the community. That's my one thing is it's, it, it's about me giving back. And no matter what city 
we're, we're going to be more success because I do plan on doing more um, if this is a, a, a big enough success. I no matter what cities we go to, I want to be able to help those communities, help the children. I'm I'm big. Listen, um, I you know work with St. Jude a lot, you know, and I do I do charities for them, and they you know to be able to give back to people who need it, uh, you know, instead of just coming in and taking these people's money, you know, because I, I'll tell you, Rex Fest tickets, you know, for it's not going to be your $30 and you're watching, you know, 12 hours, you know, a 12 hour show. It's going to, uh, my price range, I can tell you the price price range for full day tickets will be around 125. So there you go. You got, you got a break right there. There you go. We are going to charge 125 for a full day ticket that allows you to partake in, in, in everything, you know, the, the podcasts um, that are going to be live and live streamed, uh, the live music, I mean, you 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 get five promotions. That's, that's worth it, eight, man. That's eight, well about worth eight it. hours of wrestling. Yeah, that, you know, that's, I think, that's I think well that's a pretty it. good deal. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you get a whole day of like doing of music, shit. wrestling, like it, absolutely, yeah. So that's that's not a, a and it leaves you with price, like if if someone brings like say you're doing a whole day of wrestling, you only spend a one twenty five on a whole day. That's still like say you got a two hundred fifty dollar budget for the day. That still yeah. gives you like a hundred and twenty five dollars. Of wiggle room to buy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thing. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking charge people out the ass because you know. I listen. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not a rich guy. You know. Uh, I. I didn't grow up being able to go to every fucking wrestling show I wanted to go to, but to put tickets at a, at a price where your your common person can go. That's what I want because those are the people that want it. Those are the people that want to see wrestling. It, is is you know your average Joe's your your blue collar guys. So I could have easily been like, yeah, this is going to be about $300 da, 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 and I'm going to, I'm going to book some more names just to, you know, no, I'm going to set it at 125. Uh, you're going to get music. You're going to get podcasts. You're going to get five different promotions who each bring in their own talent, you know, their own stories and who you never know who, who's going to show up, you know? And, and that's, that's the one thing I'll keep hinting at is, is that you never know who's going to show up at, at Rex Fest. Nice. So good. I mean, it looks like that you're crossing your T's and dotting your lowercase J's and <laughs> getting uh, all that together and everything's ready to go. So we will keep people updated. Everything that we see on your social media, we'll make sure to share. Uh, I if, that. if there are things that maybe as we get closer, maybe after the new year, we'll have you back on, give, give us an update, uh, maybe some matches or something that we'll love to have you back on, promote as much as you want. And uh, it was uh, it was great having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time and talking with us. And uh, it was really good talking to you. Thank you guys for having me on. You know, uh, like I said, um, to be kind of like the first podcast that I'm on besides my own to talk about Rex Fest. And the fact that, again, you guys are are, are Philly, you know, you, you, you know, uh, I, I want to I wanted to do this genuinely from my heart, wanted to do this because I'm like this. It just it just mixes perfectly. I hope to see you guys there. Like I said, we'll talk more about as far as you know getting you actually involved with with, with Rex Fest. Um, and you know I appreciate you guys have offering me to come on. You know, definitely by January there'll be a lot more confirmed. Um, a lot more things. There's some things that you know I, I'm kind of holding out on just for a surprise. So yeah, um, I'd love to come back on and yeah. um. 
definitely, man. Let, let, let's fucking keep rocking. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate almost every podcaster because when you think about it, when when a wrestler goes on a podcast and a, a promoter goes on a podcast, that's that's a chance for them to to reach a new audience, you know. And I, I'm I'm always appreciative of a, of a chance to reach reach a new audience, man. All right, Chris. Well, thanks so much again, and uh, we'll be talking to you very soon. Thank you. Take care, guys.